Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Corridor of Uncertainty podcast. I am Luke, and as always, I'm joined by Ben. Hello. Uh, but on, on the week that Senny Yang scored a goal for Queen's Park Rangers, the first ever goalkeeper to score for Queen's Park Rangers, there was also a historical moment at the, the city ground as Nottingham Forest got their first win in the Premier League this season. And who better to talk about it than Jamie Martin? Hello. Hi, how are you doing? We're great. How are you? Uh, feel free to plug your plug your sofas at the start. Who are you? What are you doing here? Um, well, I got a very kind invite from yourself to come and do the podcast, and um, I'm a Forest supporter. There's no hiding that. I've got the shirt on today. I love Forest. Uh, I hate Liverpool, by the way. Um, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's a good way to start. In it, no, I hate Derby. Yeah, I hate Derby. Really. Um, see, you see what I'm trying to do here. No, um, you follow me on, on Twitter. I'm Jamie Martin, and um, yeah, I like talking about Forest stuff. They seem to be doing all right at the moment. Yes, indeed. And we will definitely get into Forest. We're going to talk Forest. We're going to talk the big results of the weekend as well, like uh, the massive game with Chelsea Spurs, which was just mental. And then obviously, <laughs> Man United being torn apart by Brentford as well. Um, and then anything else we can discuss as well. But before we get into that, We've got a football and icebreaker, which we did with uh, Jack, our last guest. So we'll do those. Um, and we've also, we're going to do guest predictions at the end as well, because I want to create a leaderboard of all of our guests this season and see who gets the best lot of five predictions that we pick. Um, but I was shopping over the weekend on Saturday. And this is, I just, do you ever get them really awkward moments that it just sticks in your head and when you at night you just can't sleep because you just keep thinking about this even though nobody is thinking about it but I was shopping I was in Aldi so they've got no like self-checkout so if you've got a massive trolley or you've got a little basket everyone's at the same place so I had a big trolley I was doing a big shop and the guy behind me had a little basket so of course I let him through but this is where the dilemma kicks in two more people join the queue behind me with little baskets and I'm not sure on the on the social etiquette for how many people with a basket you're supposed to let through before it starts getting ridiculous because they hadn't seen me let the guy with the basket through so they're just looking at me like well obviously he's got to let us through but I've already let one person through if I let another two then I might as well have let a trolley person through mm. and it's just stressing me out to be honest I didn't let them through in the end but they were giving me the evils the whole time and it was just annoying. what were they like were they old women yeah, it was it was an like middle-aged man and a middle-aged woman. Oh, okay. What do you have done? Um, I think it's like a road. You know, when there's like, you finally let you someone let out, yeah. but you don't have to let the whole, them all out, otherwise yeah, you're just yeah. wasting your own time. It's like, I've done my good thing, now I'm... Now but I'm, they didn't see me do the good thing. That's well, the problem I hey, who are they? Nobody cares. No, Unless it was God and Jesus, it doesn't matter. It wasn't. Well, as far as I'm aware, it wasn't. That's your good card. Your street cred's on the line. Your street cred's on the line. If you're going to let more than one person go, yeah, that's just, everybody's going to walk all over you for life now. You can't be doing that. I feel a bit better about myself then. Fuck yourself, man. Uh, All right, Jamie, as our guest, um, we've got two questions for you. First one, which you're prepared for, is if your football club was a drink, what drink would it be? Now, I don't really drink beer. So that because because of the fact I'm underage, I just want to plug that as well. I've never done it. I'm such such a good boy, right? I've never, ever, no. Um, I would say, I would say it's... It's a cup of coffee or one sugar. That's what it is. Lovely. Love it. What is a cup of coffee or one sugar? I can't remember. Did we do forest or did we? Yeah, do... we did the whole. I can't remember what we said forest. Were, but 
Yeah. Do you want me to give a reasoning for that though? Do yeah. you want me to actually? You... And am I, I'm I'm not allowed to swear. Am I in this one? Well, you can if you want. It's fine. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Okay. So it's like if you make if someone makes you a coffee, it's either really shit or it's really really nice. Right. You know, bit of sugar feels even better. So in the championship, we were just coffee, but now we're in the prem. It's, oh, it's yeah. a bit of sugar. The sugar's the money. Do you know what I'm saying? But before that, coffee was made shit all the time. Steve Cooper came in made it nice, and then the owner sprinkled a bit of sugar on it, and look at us now. Love. That's what I describe Forrest as. Great analogy. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and then, if you were to describe yourself as a Premier League manager, who would you describe yourself as? And I would say Steve Cooper in front of the cameras and Neil Warnock in the dressing room. That's oh, how I'd be. That's a great combo, to be fair. That is a great. Yeah. You love that answer, don't you? I love a bit of Neil Warnock. Yeah. You can't Quite go wrong with a bit of uh, Steve Cooper at the minute. Right, let's get into the Forest chat. That's what we're all here for, then. And mm. if anyone has come over from Jamie to listen to this podcast, um, please follow us on Twitter at the Corridor Pod. We're two followers away from four hundred, yeah. um, so just get us get on there ASAP. Um, so you were there this weekend. How was it? How good was the atmosphere and how just what's the vibe around the place right now? I mean, I, you know, I went to the, the promotion semi-final playoffs. I went to most games last season, you know, probably the, the the three months before Wembley. You know, the atmosphere was brilliant then, you know, even at Wembley. But this, it was something different. It was just something different. You know, when you walk into the stadium, you don't have people that are, are fearing the game. You don't have people that are moaning about things. You don't have people that are, you know, arguing with each other. It's just... People are having a drink. There's people taking photos with each other, having hugs. I was walking past when the players were coming in and the players were stopping for 15 minutes just to come and sign everybody's autographs. And there was just something different about it. You know, even throughout the time when people thought, okay, we might actually go up now. Just the atmosphere was just just incredible. You know, it was just like everybody was happy. Everybody was, you know, ready, not really fearing even the biggest challenges that we had. Because there's no denying that West Ham was a challenge, that game. That wasn't an easy game. Forest played better, but it wasn't an easy game. Um, but the supporters, I think, really pushed it over the line in the end because there were some performances from those players where I've gone, do you know what? I don't I don't think there's been a, a good performance from them in pre-season or yeah. perhaps they've looked pretty shocking. And then all of a sudden the fans are there, the 12th man, and it was just insane. So, yeah, I think it's it's an underrated atmosphere, I think Forest yeah, is. I think people don't want to acknowledge it because, okay, it's not a 50 or 60 seat, 1,000 seat stadium, but, you know, it's it's an unreal atmosphere. Yeah, well, we we were there last <laughs> year for the QPR Forest game, unfortunately. Um, we won that? That was 3-1. So we went 1-0 up, and then that was when Spence scored an absolute worldie. Um, I remember that game. So, yeah, so like, but that, the, you he was probably like, there shouting at us, calling us wankers. Yeah, probably was. But the, that's what, like, the atmosphere just like, and I, I get, I get, like, the whole of last season when you started like, that snowball, like, the crowd just really, like, got behind you. And then it's like, it was just like only forwards. Like, there was no stopping it. And, mm. as, and, that, and that was the kind of period where QPR were just like falling off a little bit. And we went one a lot, but you could tell as soon as you scored, like you're the, the lose, confidence yeah. from both the crowd and the players, they were just like all at one, and you're just like, "There's no way back now," because they 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 got they've got the um, the upper hand. And it was a worldie, mm. and it was a worldie. It was a good shot, and I was good. But this is it, though. Forest have been away from that league for 23 years. You know, um, I, I, for, I mean, you guys were in the Premier League with Harry Redknapp, wasn't it? Was it mm-hmm. Harry Redknapp? Yeah, a good bit, while ago. I don't know how long ago that was. Redknapp, bit of Marquise and. 
couple of yeah, but exactly. But it's like you know, twenty three years out of that league. I mean, I can still remember QPR, you know, in the Premier League, but yeah. I, I wouldn't. I don't know even anything about Forest being yeah. in the Premier League last time. Just what my dad tells me, you know. Yeah. That's, Do you uh, think it was more well played by Forest or more badly played by West Ham? More well played by Forest. They're more well played by Forest. I don't think I don't think West Ham were awful. This is because I think side Ben Armour on that that wing, you know, a couple more crosses gone in and I think they would have got a goal. They were unfortunate not to get a couple that went off the bar. And I've never seen two, you know, goals go off the bar. It was some unreal phenomenon. Um but that being said, Forest defensively looked better. Missed the know. penalty though, West Ham. And it was a shocking penalty. Was it was it? a rubbish penalty. Who on earth aims there with that little amount of power? Who does? I mean, I'm not a professional footballer, but you're saying this man's worth 120 million, but he can't take a penalty. And as far as I'm aware, he played bang average yesterday. I think he wants the uh, he wants that Mark Noble kind of title, doesn't he? He wants that legacy. Noble has scored like pretty much every penalty except that one against Man United last season, but like so reliable from the spot. But Rice, I think, has missed more penalties than he scored now for West Ham. So surely you just just, give it to a striker. Yeah, just give it to someone on the score. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I would have given it, I probably would have given it to Ben Rahm or someone that's played better because to be honest with you, it was just like, I think in the midfield, I think West Ham probably didn't expect Forrest to play as well as they did. That's the thing. I think they probably we're going into it just thinking, right, we're going to get the three points after a tough start against Man City. We'll kind of let that one off because it's Man City. But it's it's never the case in Premier League football. Anything can happen. Look at Man U, you know, look how they've started. Anything can happen. Yeah. And I, who, was, who was your man of the match? I, I heard Lewis O'Brien had a bit of a worldie. I've seen him a few times last season. I've heard of school. He's, he's a bit of a quality. Oh, it's, it's tough. It's tough because there was probably Williams, um, Henderson, O'Brien, Mangala, Awani. I think there's five players I could have given, or six with Toffolo as well, you know. Um, I think I'm going to say Lewis O'Brien now, which I've tried not to say because I've tried. It's such a difficult one to have given to someone. Um, but Lewis O'Brien, for the fact that it costs 10 million, a lot of people throwing him off because of that valuation and because he's played for Huddersfield or or whatever they were saying, just some really daft stuff about it. And Toffolo as well. But, but yeah, more so O'Brien. I think he's underrated massively. He's 23. You know, and if he's doing the, those kinds of things against West Ham, uh, it'll carry it out throughout the season. So, yeah, man of the match, Lewis O'Brien for me. Yeah, I think he's quite it. And as the, the summer business as a whole, you, the one concern, I like, first week, like, knee-jerk reaction, I was like, who's going to put it in the net? That was my worry. And then they just, the signings just don't stop coming. I'm like, well, it's, maybe this is a little bit too much. But, I mean, it's only now two games in, but it looks a little bit more settled. Settled, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we, we've lost 12 players, including six first-teamers. You know, we've lost 12 players. At the moment, we've got a deficit of, like, what, plus two or three in terms of signings? You know, we've signed, like, 14 or 15 players for the, the 12 that we've lost altogether. Yeah. So, you know, when people go, oh, I think they're doing another Fulham, it's like, well, no, no, because we've lost a significant amount of players. And perhaps people could argue those lone players were absolutely crucial, if not, were the ones that got us to the Premier League. I mean, obviously, you can't say they're the only part of it because they're not. The other five are very important, and obviously the fans as well. But, you know, we lost a lot of, of irreplaceable players, essentially. You know, Jed Spence, we couldn't replace someone like him um, in that kind of system. But we've managed to get Nico Williams in now, and it seems OK. But, you know, in last season, if we had not gone up, those players that we had, if we couldn't get them back on loan, I don't know how we would have replaced them, yeah. you know. But now we've had money, we've been lucky enough to do so. So, 
Yeah, we've had to make those signings. There'll be there'll be more to come, but you look at squad depth in the Premier League, you're going to need massive amounts of players. You're going to have to spend big. Overall, would you say you've... I know it's a bit early, but would you say you've strengthened, strengthened or weakened? Oh, strengthened. Yeah, a million percent. I mean, on average, we're spending, I don't know, maybe like eight to nine million pounds per player. That's just an average. Obviously, I know players are costing 15 million and then whatever, but it's like eight to nine million pounds per player. And it's like, that's almost top level championship money you know yeah. um i think we've i think we've definitely strengthened i mean if you just look at that midfield yesterday compared to midfield last season yeah. i mean of course it's only early days but completely different levels different levels in terms of physicality you know yeah and, and after two games have are your expectations for was after week 1 did that mm-hmm. change did you like react or you like okay that's fine it's one game and now, after a positive result, are you are you on a high, or is it what's what's the expectations looking like now in the in the stadium as a whole? I mean, as a fan, you know, I'm I'm obviously on a high because of that West Ham game. But of course, I'm not going to be led on by the fact that it's only game week two, as you mentioned, and there's 36 more games to go. You know, when it came to Newcastle, I didn't pass it off and just say, oh, well, we'll just go again next week. It's more of a case of, well, we can learn things from this. I pointed out what I think would be good to change. And it was releasing the ball quicker, making runs more often and, you know, having a better vision overall as a a team and just gelling more. And they did that, you know, so didn't pass Newcastle off as just one of them games. Thought we could have played better, but it was the first game. Um, But the West Ham game, of course we won and it's great and everything, but we've got Everton and then Tottenham and then Man City, you know, we've got some really tough games coming up and regardless of Everton's recent form, they're still a Premier League team, you know, so it's not going to be easy. Yeah, Goodison as well could be, but they need they need a win as well. Pretty uh, tasty. But yeah, so what what are your what's your league expectation? And has that changed from when you sent? We did our obviously did our massive one. Is that are you mm. still pretty happy with your prediction? There's no nothing in the first two games that makes you uh, change your mind on that. I think it was fifteenth for Forest for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay fifteenth because I think if I suddenly go. Oh, okay, let's go 10th or 11th now. It's like, well, hold on, we're only on game week two. I can't change that yet. I don't know what's going to happen on three or four or five. You know, it's going to be a really tough month. So I'm I'm still going 15th. I'm still being sensible. I'm not going to be led on by what's happened, you know, yesterday. Um, but yeah, 15th for me, still going. Okay. Are you off to any away games this season? Or are you, you uh, at home? Of course. I'm off, to, I'm off to as many as... Hopefully I'm going to Everton um, at the weekend and then... Man City, I think, is like a week or two after. Um, that's the plan. That's the plan. Should money allow? What are you it. looking for? What are you looking forward to the most? Oh, the one I was looking forward to the most was St James's Park for Newcastle, and I've done that now. So, um, how was the trek into the heavens? I've not done that. One. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do it because I was in the press bit, so I was um, right behind the goal. Nice. So I just had to make out like I did it. I'd just be like, <laughs> oh, God, it's so tough down here, you know. But yeah, I mean, I know that they a few friends have been up there, but yeah. Um, Good, good stadium, good atmosphere. But I think the number one place I'd want to go after this now, I've been to Old Trafford a couple of times in the Fergie days as well. Um, but, but I mean, everybody says Tottenham, don't they? I think everybody does say Tottenham, to be honest. So, yeah, I'm going to go Tottenham. I've heard they've got nice food there, so I'll take it. Yeah. I noticed you haven't said Anfield there. Is that because you're scared? <laughs> no, it's because I heard they stopped singing after the first 10 minutes. So, I didn't know. Where's if... wrong? Mm, yeah. <laughs> a minute is a pleasure thing. Behave. Go and go and w- listen to Pep when he says, "Oh, he's a mental." Have you, have you been watching the Arsenal documentary? 
I know what you're referring to. I know the scene you're referring to. Speakers in, listening to You'll Never Walk Alone. They've still got smashed 4-0. I do want to hear that, by the way. That I do I will just say. I mean, I have no in no way anything like in regard for Liverpool. I've got actually a a Liverpool classic shirt just just down there because my granddad gave it to me. Um, but that song, I do want to hear it once, at least once. You know, it's a big moment. You signed our uh, Nico Williams as well. He's played worldy for you, so you're welcome. He's done all right, yeah. <laughs> one, he's done all right as well, yeah. So, okay, I'll give you that then. I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. All right, then. Uh, briefly mentioned Arsenal then. So, we'll talk about this top London side because there's three London sides. Well, maybe Brentford as well after this weekend. Who knows? <laughs> um, but Palace after tonight, potentially. Yeah. And we've got Chelsea, Spurs, which we will talk about. But we'll talk about Arsenal first. Um all three, you would say, on paper, competing for third place. Personally, I've gone mental and predicted Spurs to win the league, but that's another story. Um, after two games of Arsenal, they look very good, but are they looking quite as good as we? everyone's kind of making out, or have they just had a kind of an easier start, I guess you could say? I think they've not had an easy... I wouldn't say an easy start by any means. I mean, you know, they're not... The most difficult games, should we say? But that being said, they do look good. My concern with Arsenal is injuries. If Gabriel Jesus gets injured, if he's going to carry on like for that for the whole season, because he was phenomenal the other night, yeah. but injuries, you know, if it because they've how many players have they bought? They bought like a few players and good players as well. But how much space have they got to replace these players? I know there's still a few weeks to go, but that concerns me the most with Arsenal. I think they'll do well, but it's a concern. I think they've done quite well, actually. I think they've done the opposite. I think they've strengthened. I think, you know, they've brought in pretty much a decent defence. because They now have some, they have about three decent centre-backs, so you wouldn't mind if Saliba, White or Gabriel's playing. They've got Turney and uh, Zinchenko now. And then they've brought in this Fabio Vieira dude, who I've not seen anything about, and Jesus, really. So I, I don't think they've actually weakened at all. So I'm, mm. I'm hopeful for Arsenal. No, I, it's, it is literally that Jesus problem, isn't it? Because like, if he's not in, it's in Ketia. And yeah, we've seen glimpses of I him being uh, decent bad, um, at the end of last season. But if he's, if say, it's, if say Jesus gets a long-term injury, then you can't rely on Ketia to lead the line for three or four months and expect to be third in the league, I think. so. But there's just a shortage of number nines, really. There isn't that many like out and out strikers, and we see like this the obvious thing: Man United need someone's a nine, a nine, a number nine. <laughs> um, but there isn't that many out there. Who do they go and get? Like uh, it's it's a tough one. Um, but yeah, they look strong. I'm, I'm not sure how good Leicester are, to be honest. Um, I think it's fair to say they're out of form. Yeah, they're For a bit quite quite demotivated. Yeah, I think I don't know if they need a change. Manager, or it's just they need this need a bit of it, just seems a bit like dull and just a bit old. Like, there's nothing positive coming out, and it, it's just like who's so many. Get, I don't know who you get. It's I, don't, re- I don't want to be controversial, but do, I don't know if any of you feel the same way. But you know, with the Brendan Rogers side, yeah. start really well, goes good for a, a season or so, and then all of a sudden it just becomes a bit bland. And it's like, well, so why does that happen? Well, why does that happen? I don't get it because. You know, I know Forrest beat them 4-1, but even when they were playing then, they looked demotivated. And that was last season. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think maybe a change in manager and then a, a bit of an overhaul of how the club's run, because I know that they've got a lot of financial issues as well. They're going to have to sell a lot of players, yeah. you know. 
you have to lower expectations for a bit, to be honest. Especially if you want to go get a big manager, then you've got to give him big bucks. Yeah. So, but, And as well, there's so many players linked away from a move. And when the season started and you've still got what it's like, Fafana's linked away, Madison's linked Tielemans. away, Tielemans is linked away, like three players that all started at the weekend. It can't be good in the dressing room to have those worries when you're that's three of your biggest players that might not be there next next time you play a game. I feel like Leicester started offering more money for people because I think they were quite lucky with how majority of their signings turn, were turning out. And then they started playing really well, obviously. And then they have it. more money to offer for players. For example, didn't they put 40 million for Vestergaard? Was it something like that? Yeah. Is it that much? Not sure. Really. It's quite, it's a, quite lot a lot of money last summer. And, then he's, and Daka, who I'm still backing, but... You know, and now they're not in the same that have the same pool because they're not going to be like United with that history behind them where they can go and sign a yeah. a worldie because it's like oh all of a sudden they lose two games on the well draw and then lose and now you know we've seen loads of Tielemann rumours today yeah I think that's the problem that the sides and this is the, like the most annoying thing is that non big six fat like to to get in there is one thing. But to stay there, you have to be perfect. And West Ham might find this out this season as well. Because Leicester had a couple of seasons where they did it and they signed well and and that was all good. But you have one summer like last summer and your recruitment's not spot on and you have a couple of bad injuries, they're paying the price for it. And look how far it's like they seem off it now. So it's just so annoying that like it's like the flick of a switch, United can spend 100 million, 150 million. Chelsea yeah. can do whatever they want. City can buy whoever they want. Spurs are chucking it at money at it, and Arsenal are now as well. So it's there's just such a big gap. And to stay there, it's, it's just impossible. You so, know how you say that, that they did it? Are they more of just a streets will never forget sort of thing? Because they never got Champions League. They got it once no, when they, they won the league. They were in the big six, so they broke that success. I mean, it was but a they got time. What, fifth? Twice, fifth, twice, no, yeah, that's good. Isn't it? I mean, it's decent. I'll take fifth twice. Yeah. But is it slightly overhyped? Is what I'm thinking. No way. It's no? Like best Premier League achievement ever. I'm not sure probably if Jamie would it. Was probably more. No, I, I think that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I don't like Leicester because um, obviously Midlands and whatnot. What? Um, yeah, it was a good, pretty good achievement. You can't deny. It. I mean, who would have thought they would have won the league that year? I remember watching it on TV and just thinking, "What the? What's going on? Why is this even happening?" You know, but I always knew that Champions League and then after that, it would be a bit, you know, and then as soon as Ranieri went, that same feeling around the club, it wasn't as exciting to see Leicester doing what they're doing. Because even though I hate them, seeing them do that was like, wow, okay, anybody could do it, you know, but not anymore, not anymore. All right, then on to Chelsea Spurs, which was uh, just... (laughs) What's that about? There's so (laughs) so many talking points in this game. Um, first of all, what are your opinions on the two sides? Who do you reckon will finish higher come the end of the season? And then we'll discuss some of the big talking points of the game as well. I think Tottenham. I um I like Chelsea. I think yesterday may have been the more deserving side potentially. Um, I didn't really get to tune into the full thing because I was having a pizza, but um, you know priorities and everything. But um. You know, there's better games to watch in there as well. But, you, you know, um, <laughs> no, but seriously, Tottenham for me, I think there's there's something at the club where they've gone, you know what, we, we've had however many years of being a good, a decent team, but we always underachieve. They've they've been underachievers for so, so long. You know, the club spent a lot of money and whatever. And it's also tried not to spend too much to keep the club in a good, good position. And now they've thought, 
okay, let's let's go all out a little bit. And they made some good signings, haven't they? You know, look at Kulisevsky, I think incredible signing. You know, I think Rickarlison's going to do a good job. If they use Jed Spence, I'm sure he'd do something, but I don't think they're going to use him. You know, it's they seem to be bringing in good players. They seem to be, I mean, Conte's a manager that will get what he wants, I think, in the Premier League. You know, he's done it with Chelsea. You know, he's done it with various clubs, Inter Milan, Juventus. I think he can do a good job with Tottenham. I don't think they'll win the league. I'm just saying that now. Um, but to be, I'm sorry, but I do think they'll get third. I told you, I think they'll get third. That's, yeah. that's what I think. I think Chelsea will get fifth this season. Um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, it's, it's so up in the air with those three sides because they have all looked decent so far this season. Although, well, to be fair, Chelsea looked good in the Spurs game. Edison was a bit of a, a dead one, but um, mm. I just it's tough. I don't know. Um, Chelsea were definitely the better side, like two. There's been a lot of moaning about the two Spurs goals shouldn't have been allowed. The pulling of the hair for Cucurella, oh, that's fine, isn't it? Just, just cut your hair then, if you don't want anyone to pull it. Um, so I'm not, I'm not really a fan of that. Keep was always moaning about everything. Like you can't, can't please the keeper. They always want everything. If he wasn't really in the way, he was a little bit in the way. But just let us, just let it, let it go. I'm not really that fussed with with all the decisions in the game, to be honest. There's been a bit of a roar about that, but not not for me. I was watching part of it yesterday, and I just think Chelsea seemed way off it still. You know, you know, I was thinking about Havertz in particular, had an yeah. awful lot of chances. Yeah. And this guy's been in the Prem, what, three seasons now? Two, three? Um, when's he actually going to start turning up properly? Like, he's a really exciting player, and he'll have a really good game, what, three or four times a season. But when is he going to turn into... Yeah. 80 million man that they you know they paid for and everybody hypes him up they're like oh Havertz is so good yeah what's he done he scored a Champions League goal fair play you know and they won the Champions League but you know most players I, I just don't think I don't see the hype around yeah. him now I think he's dying out a bit he needs like, he, he I feel like he's bothered. in the right he's in the right place but he just like, like he's so many he's like Vernus there's so many missed opportunities in, in that Spurs game alone it's just mm. It's got an... I don't know what it is with Tuchel, though. I don't know if it's a Tuchel thing, because yeah. there's some players that Chelsea bring in under Tuchel that shine and do brilliant. But there's others where you're just like, since he's come in, they've been, they've been rubbish. They've not done anything. But, you know, if you look at them at their other clubs, like Timo Werner, I mean, albeit a very lucky goal that he scored at Leipzig at the weekend, it was a goal. He got a goal on his first game back and he'll probably keep scoring. Yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence for me. I just think yeah, certain I... players just don't work under him. You are right because like that Werner goal, like keeper saves it nine times out of ten. But it does he take? He doesn't take that shot on if he's playing for Chelsea. He, no, he doesn't doesn't have the confidence. So I maybe it's a number nine thing because it's anything to do with him just playing not... out of position all the time. Sterling was up front. And I know that it works for Pep, but Pep's team's different in the way that he has De Bruyne passing in the ball, not flipping. I don't know, but it's De Bruyne's world best passer probably, and then well, after Messi. And then, you know, he was playing Sterling up top and the two people passing the ball were Mason Mount, who's decent, and Havertz, who I've already slated. Yeah, it's, it's mm. a weird one. I feel like there's a weird... Out-and-out wingers, There's a really. weird vibe about Tuchel this season. It seems... I don't know what it is, though, because I think everyone's just... I feel like maybe everyone's got the... It's set in their minds that we've had a Chelsea manager for too long and we're not yeah. used to it, so something must go wrong now because that's what happens when Chelsea don't, like, win a trophy. Um, but maybe maybe it'll be all right. Like, Reese James still looks great. Like, they've still got quality in that team. They just need to... I mean, again, it's two games in. Just need a bit of time. And 
Maybe they need to rechange the system a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm waiting until I make my verdict on Chelsea. I mean, where do I predict them? Fourth or fifth? Fourth, you went fourth. fourth yeah. No, but, you went fifth, actually. No, I did go fourth. Did you think I Arsenal were going to get fourth? No, I had Arsenal fifth. All oh, right, first. Um, Conte Tuchel, what's your thoughts on the Conte Tuchel drama? Got to talk about that. Um, who would win if there was no ref? Conte. Conte, you know, yeah, yeah. Tuchel's like a stick. No, he's he's just he's just an ego man. This is my thing about Tuchel. I think he's got a massive, massive ego. Um, I think, and then that's not a you know as if he's not a good manager or anything. I think he's a, a good manager, you know. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of ego and. And also something I, I I I don't know if this is a Chelsea thing or what, but you know a manager that talks like as much as he does about transfers in that amount of depth, it's like surely you'd have a bit of respect for the players if like a player's leaving, you don't talk to the media about it because they'll just get hounded forever. I thought it would just be a respectful thing to do to not speak about that in press conferences, but you know that's that's just him. But yeah, I don't I don't like his ego. Um, to be honest, and I think if it came to an actual fight, I think Conte ripping shreds. Yeah, we were we were having this discussion before we started the podcast. Like, there's definitely and this is footballers, right? It's not just these two managers, but like footballers know that on the pitch nothing's going to happen, so they can mm. say and act however they want because at the end of the day, no punches are actually going to be thrown. So they can. Well, look, they had their moment, didn't they? And then they went back uh, for yeah. it. It's just like, what are you doing, like? Now they're both banned for a game. Yeah. Is it one or three games? No. Got red? Oh, I don't know. I, I assume it's just a one for yeah. a manager. Um, and it was the second yellow, wasn't it? it wasn't yeah, a straight? Yeah. Wasn't a straight red? But it's just like, what is the point? Yeah, it is. It was a bit silly. Yeah, it's good to see that you got. You know, I enjoyed it. Tuchel's on running up and down the clock, uh, the touchline. Yeah. As well, so that would be ridiculously annoying. He definitely did that on purpose as well. He definitely knew that Conte was just going to watch him. I was watching that and I thought, if that's Klopp, he's getting told off big time. I feel like Tuchel's got away with it a bit. Yeah. Mm. That's because Klopp's even more annoying than Tuchel. That's why. Matter of opinion, talking of Klopp, he's just decided to start Nat Phillips at the back against Palace. Lovely. This is a nice <laughs> win on its way. Eze up front. Really? Mm. What a beggy scores tonight. Right. Uh, let's talk about Man United then before we get into any other business and have guest predictions. Uh, wait, I've... This is what I've written for United. Where do we even start? I what? I don't even know what the problem is. Like the, the, the there's there's certain points where like there's all this blame towards the board, and maybe definitely we've got to take a portion of the blame. But they there is other problems. The there's eleven. Those eleven players are better than the Brentford eleven players, and their manager is better than the. And I don't I don't all blame the players because that might that. Tactical, some of the tactical decisions from Ten Hag were horrific, and you can tell that by the half time subs he made because he realized what have I done here? I've messed up. And I just, mm. there's so many, there's so many problems at Man United. I just don't really know how they turn it around. And I feel like this summer, I thought the summer was going to be the, like the clear out summer, the opportunity for them to maybe they wouldn't challenge for the top four again, but at least you could see the path that they were aiming for. I still mm. can't see it. I, I feel now that man, you need to not forget, but they need to move away from Sir Alex Ferguson and anything that he does at the club. I think they need to just move it away, consult whatever it is, consultant whatever. I don't care. They need to they need to start a new time for for United because when Sir Alex came in, you know he had a tough few seasons. You know I think Man United finished eleventh a couple of times and weren't actually that far off relegation under Sir Alex. You know, in the first few seasons that he was in charge, did they sack him? Luckily not. 
you know, and they need to learn from that because Ten Hag's a good manager and there's a good set of players he can work with, particularly the younger players for me. I'd be getting rid of the likes of Ronaldo, Maguire, Luke Shaw, um, Fernandez, McTominay, Fred, but players like James Garner that they're saying we're going to sell for 20 yeah, million. Crazy. I mean, that just, as a Forest fan, I'm thinking if we want to buy him and go for it, I'm not in the party of let's do it because I think we're okay. But for Man United, I think, you know what? James Garner's a player that wants to play for United. He's always dreamed of playing for United and he's, you know, probably rejected offers from Forest before this to play at Man United. Yeah. Um, and for me as well, I think, I think this is where Man United goes wrong because they're buying in players that don't care about the club. They're buying in players that want the money. They're buying in players that are going to go there for a year and sod off somewhere else on a free. You know, they're making lots of short-term investments and that's where United go wrong because it's all right. People going, oh, but the board have spent 300 million or they've spent this much, but they've spent it horrendously. You know, you've, you've spent it horrendously. If, you know, you're getting players in like um, Odi Nagalo. You know, and people mentioned Cavani. I think he was okay. I think he was probably mistreated by the club. That's, you know, I mean, even Ronaldo, okay, he did all right last season and he was a very, very good factor in them doing okay. Um, not good enough, but okay. But even then, he thinks he's bigger than the club and they knew that before he signed him. So I just think the board have got it all wrong with their recruitment. I think they're recruiting short term. They never think long term. Uh, and that's where United go wrong and they'll fail for seasons to come. Yeah. Have you both seen the, the red Na Neville thing? Yeah. Who do you yeah. who do you side with more in that argument? Because there's a obviously there's a case for both. I just I think it's a bit of it. I think you're pretty much spot on. Like they like the Ghana thing for a start, it doesn't make any sense. Like it can't it can't be worse than McDonald and Fred. It can't be. So why is he not anywhere near it? That it really is it baffles me and, and I just think there is a problem with the board, but and they, but they have invested. They've just invested in the wrong people. So that's maybe where you need to be looking at. But there's still a squad there, and someone needs to get a tune out of them. It, again, it is only two games, so we've like we've said this before. Like, yes, it's an embarrassing loss to Brentford, and they were the worst. The, they weren't good at all against Brian either. Nice. Um, what if they spent a billion pounds on um, Cossiedo or whatever his name is from Brighton, who they were offered for four million, roughly? Yeah. If they went and spent money on, um, you know, Gakpo, I think they should buy. If they had done that before, if they if they really focused on scouting younger players, um, players like I think Tyrell Malassia, I think he's going to do really, really good yeah. um, from Feyenoord, you know, and and that's just an example of another player. But they're going after Anthony and the like. Oh, we don't know if we want to spend 80 million because we're still going after De Jong. And I'm thinking, you're still going after De Jong. <laughs> I think it's pathetic. <laughs> Why? It, it and they're is. saying we're going to pay his deferred wages as well. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? But seriously, who is going to pass this off? Because in my opinion, Frankie De Jong's worth no more than 50 million. He had a he had a, a basic season at Barcelona last year. You know, he's had he's had a fairly basic few seasons, to be completely honest. There's better options out there. It's 100% better options out there. They're looking too wide as well, though, because even the players in the yeah. team, they're not playing the best players. I mean, for goodness sake, Varane's won four Champions Leagues and the World Cup, but they're still playing this this dwarf over him. And like, don't get me wrong, I, I like Martinez, but, you know, if you've got... They found out the hard way last week. You play the best players in the team, simple as. Especially when everything is so messed up, you might as well play the players who are more likely to win. Do you know what I mean? You've got Ronaldo started on the bench last week. Rashford scored three goals last season. Yeah, but you, see, you can't you can't just base it off that. I just like I 
I think that there's a very similar situation, a bit different to Ronaldo's Ronaldo, but, but the kind of like the Aubameyang, Aubameyang situation at Arsenal, like it's not, he's not good for the club in my opinion. It's not beneficial. Get a get a group of young players, and if you get the young players and you invest in those slightly cheaper, hungry players, it will set the expectation for the fans, like. Because they're still chucking 50 million, 80 million, 100 million left, right and centre at these big, big names, there's the expectation that it should fix it. If you spend the money on the younger, hungry players, the expectations will drop because you know that you're going to have to grow with these players and there's a journey to go on. But they're not, they're just, there seems like it's so, so obvious. Like us three between us have figured it out, like just stop what you're doing and like just change your plan. But what I just don't understand. Yeah. Why they're not? Look at their owners. I didn't. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. Maybe I've heard this wrong. So don't quote me on this. But I heard that the loan that they used to buy United for six hundred million pounds is now club debt, and yeah, they still yeah. haven't paid back that. Right. I mean, if that doesn't tell you enough, the people that still continue to defend the owners, then I don't know what else I can say. If yeah. you're going to use a six hundred million pound loan to buy a club and technically get Manchester United for free, and then take everything it's got. Um, after Sir Alex left and just completely exploit the club, what do you expect to happen? You know, it's a failed business model, but for them it's brilliant because what they're going to do is they're going to going to reap everything off Man United. They're going to take everything they can, and then in two or three years they'll go and sell it, and they'll just they'll live a life of you know, being billionaires or whatever. Because United's going to sell for two and a half, three billion. It's one of the most valuable clubs in the world, regardless. Yeah, of if Chelsea left for four, it goes for like eight in my eyes. Yeah. yeah, man, you know, it's got much more history than Chelsea, Yeah, you know, so that's how it is. But it's a dark situation. Very, very dark. Just yeah. thankful it's not my team. <laughs> yeah. Maybe life but it could be. Life but it could be. That is. Essentially. Yeah. It's a similar As thing. of now, I'm living in the moment, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy it while it lasts. I'm sure it will last a while. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All right, then. That's enough for this week. Let's look ahead. Um, Jamie is our first contestant on our guest predictions. So he will go top and bottom after next week's games. Um, so we've got five predictions. What we'll do, we'll do, we'll pick whoever the club of the of the guests is um, and then four other games I've picked. I've tried to make it so that it'll be a mixture of what you should expect and a couple of ones that are hard to predict. Um, so we'll start with your boys. Forrest at Goodison. How are you feeling about that one? Uh, I think we're going to win. And I think it's going to be 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one away victory. I'll, I'll give a point for the result and, a, and another point if you get a score as well. If that makes sense. And a point of participation, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Give you a bonus point for the for the first ever guest. Okay, cool. Um, ben, have you got a prediction for that one? What are you feeling? Just, out, just out of interest. Forest or Forest Everton? 1-0 uh, Forest. 1-0 Forest. Uh, I'll, oh. change, I'll change it up. I'll, I'll go for a, a nil-nil board draw. A nil-nil. Uh, going to be a shocker, but uh, yeah, don't say that. Please don't say that. I'm not going three hours to fill <laughs> that. Yeah, that is a track. Everything could always win. Everything could win. Playing at home, need a win. I don't rate Lampard, though, to be fair. I um, told you. I mean, crap I, manager. Yeah, just wish I warned them. I think we all won. Yeah, we did, to be fair. Um, Newcastle at home to Manchester City, both sides with. 100% records. Oh, no, not Newcastle. They drew. Never mind. 3-1-C. 3-1-C. Comfortable. 3-1-C. Yeah. Be optimistic. 1-0. One 1-0. All. One all. Mm. Wow. Bruno uh, Gamersh. Going to go for a 2-0-C, I think. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. 
What about a West London derby, if you can call it that? This must be the worst West London derby you can find around. Um, Fulham Brentford. <laughs> oh, that's rubbish, that is. But um going to say Brentford 3 2. Like it. Yeah, Brentford. That's so what first on that today? That'd be a shock. <laughs> I'll go 1 0. Brentford, one nil. Brentford. No one's back in Fulham. They they won their first game, and that that's enough. They didn't even win it. They didn't win it. Just drawn two. Yeah, feels like they won though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> feels like we lost. Bad. Yeah, that was bad. That was. I'm just looking at the positives. Uh, West Ham, Brighton. Uh, West Ham, no wins, no no points. Mm, Brighton, one nil. Oh, one nil. No, I'm back in West Ham to to strike back. Uh, 2-0 West Ham. I'm going to go... Yeah. going to go one all in this occasion. Yeah. Uh, gets it right. Yeah. So that was the same way I went to West Ham last season against Brighton. That was the school. Same again. Uh, then, is this Monday night? Sunday night? I think it's Sunday. Maybe Sunday. Sunday. Man United, Liverpool. How badly could it go? Because I was saying the other day, if Man United lose this, they're going to be over a win away from the safety. They're in a relegation scrap at that point. Mm, I'm going to say 2-1 Liverpool. 2-1. No, I think no. someone's going to change. I think someone's got to change for that match. Yeah. We've got to have something ready. Yeah, yeah. Can I tell you after tonight? No, you no. can't. All right. 2-0 uh, Liverpool. No, false. 4-0 Liverpool. See, the thing is, it's like you, I, I kind of I, I see both. There's like a bit of me that like Man United are so bad they're going to get battered. Um, but then this, they've just lost 4 0 to Brentford. What can change in a week? Can't be that. It can't get much worse for Man United. They haven't even scored their own goal this season. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 1 0. Yeah, you would say. Wow. Uh, yeah. I don't know how. The Lunas. But something has got to happen. Wins the game. Get this man to be a manager. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do, but I just... I hope Nunez does win the game, by the way, because I've got him in my FPL. So wow. if he can, then good. Yeah, I'm Where's your FPL going? Where's your FPL going? Mine is... Um, I've got 79 points this week. Well, that's good. How many? I'll take 79. 79. Bloody hell. My 55 this week. Closer to nine, I think. But I did have Kubayi, Foden, um, uh, Cancelo, Henderson, of course. So it was a pretty stacked... And Kulisevsky as well, so... Oh, I've still got Salah, Diaz, and Trent to play tonight. So and and Eze, I suppose. You got Eze in there. Yeah, he's on the bench though. But because Chilwell didn't play, oh, if nice. he goes and gets more than seven points, he's in. Okay. Yeah. So a win is a win, I suppose. Yeah. How, how many points are you on? I don't even want to know. I'm thinking I'll about a wild card already. It's been an absolutely terrible, terrible. <laughs> well, you're still above me, aren't you? I'm nowhere near. I'm league. last. Pretty much. Ooh. In our, in Ooh. our uh, twenty-seven points. Yeah. Luke, what's going on, dude? I don't know. That's pretty poor, to be honest. You've got with three, sorry. But what two players play? Yeah, but I've I got guess. Diaz and Nunes to play tonight. So, um, um What do you mean? Was my Rashford and Bailey? I thought they were going to be good, but no. they're not. That's the problem I've had. Oh, Nico Williams on the bench. Yeah, shocker. Like my highest point scorer the whole week's on the bench. No, Kane's got eight. Jesus got 19 for me the other day. What are you doing in there? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I've got, I've got Jesus. I don't know. I've made so I do rate the Callum Wilson in there. I don't I mean, anymore. He didn't do much, but... Stays fit. Everyone else has got Jesus. I've got Callum Wilson. Craig's got two teams going on. Somebody needs to tell him off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
thank you for for coming on jamie it's been a, no a problem. pleasure to have you yeah cheers man um make sure i loved it make sure everyone follow you on twitter at i'm jamie martin i don't know did you say you were going live on on youtube after this or something like that i am i'm going live at eight o'clock would you believe it it's been a I've been waiting around all day thinking, geez, because I had technical issues last night on the night of the West Ham one. And I thought, come on, it's going good now. And then all of a sudden it all goes shit. So, oh, what are you going to do on YouTube? Are you just going to commentate Liverpool? Um, Commentate Liverpool, yeah. No, no, I'm going to uh, talk about Forest. I'm going to talk about Forest. And then if Liverpool lose, we'll obviously have a bit of a party at the end. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how I'm feeling. <laughs> I like it. Um, so yeah, make sure you check check Jamie out on everything available. Um, I'm sure we'll get you on the podcast at some point. Maybe uh maybe Forest Liverpool at some point we'll get a, a nice little preview on or something like that. I mean, to do that. Um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure and thank you again. Thanks yeah, for cheers, listening, man. and we will see cheers. you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Cheers.